Hey, do you have a podcast or maybe you're just thinking about starting a podcast? Well, I am Chris from Podtastic Audio, and here I show you tips and tricks on how to make your audio sound the best it possibly can with the gear you already have. With two years of experience on the Chris and Christine show creating the finest audio I possibly can make, I will show you the tips and tricks I have used on that show to make the audio sound fantastic. So if you have any podcast-related questions to your audio, you always can email me at podtasticaudio at gmail.com like this guy here did. His name is Joe. Joe writes in from the cast. Hey Chris, when we all sit down together to record our episode, our audio is too low and it has a lot of echo in the recording. How do we make our show sound better? Well, Joe, is the microphone you're using rhyme with the name Betty? And is that microphone in the same room with you? I'd start with that stuff first. And for more podtastic audio information, you can go to anchor.fm slash podtastic audio and you keep on making your amazing podcast. Scary ghost, creepy serial killers. All things that go bump in the night. Enjoy the view from the open shutters. <laughs> Hi, Creepsters. I'm Barry Marino. I'm Philip Landry. And I'm Michael Bill. And this is, well, Open Shutters, sponsored by Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. I should have said Open Shutters, a creepy podcast. And guess what, guys? We got a new creepster on board. I guess you just heard his name, didn't he? Uh, it's is, just gotten creepier. <laughs> it gets creepier. We, we oh, The more creepsters we have, the better. Anyway, we're going to let Michael... Michael Bill here. We're going to let Michael tell you a little bit something about himself, and you decide how creepy he really is. <laughs> He's a god and a monster. <laughs> <laughs> go, go, go take it, Michael Hey, guys. Bill. My name is Michael Bill. Um, I'm a paranormal investigator. I have done ghost hunts all over the city. Andrew Jackson Hotel, one of the more creepy hotels. Millican Mento. And now I work at Bloody Berry's Haunting Museum, where... A little bit of a murder happened several years ago. Yes, you remember? We did the Zach and Addy. Uh, uh, we covered that case. Ooh, how, how long ago was that? that like back in? I was in February. February, yeah. When we, and uh, and we, 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 we tried to really do it justice. We didn't do all the like ghost tours, right, uh, yeah. lies and everything. Cannibalism. We kept it, kept it true. But Michael works for the company... <laughs> In the building where the murder happened. As a matter of fact, his company will actually take you there. And we actually have the original stove, the original uh, bathtub, and the original refrigerator. And we asked the landlord why he didn't change the I said, hmm, they still worked. Yeah, well, yeah. They, they, I, know, well, I worked with, well, I worked, uh, which was it? Uh, I worked at a bunch of tour companies. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them was Capital City Trolleys, and one of the girls that worked in the office. She said her father's a real estate agent, and he owned the. Um, he 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 covered. He he he. What they say that when a real estate agent rents stuff out and everything. And they they the building, I guess. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. It, it was yeah. It, yes. That was one of his properties that he handled. But anyway, he asked the owner, who I'm gonna I'm, I'm 
not going to name him. I know his name, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I'm not going to name him. I don't want to embarrass him too much. But he's, uh, he asked him, he said, why didn't you replace the appliances? He said, she wiped off. <laughs> My God. <laughs> and I used to tell people out on the tour, and they would get, oh, wow. I like to creep people out. It's very creepy up there, to tell you that much. I don't know. I, in a way, I'd like to go up there, but in another way, I don't know if I would. I did tell you, I have a friend that used to clean houses, and that owner had hired her to clean that apartment. And when she went in there, she got sick. And she was cold, and she said it was like a summer day, and she was freezing cold. She said she went home, and she couldn't get out of bed for three days. She couldn't mm. clean the apartment. Mm. Spirits were probably working on her, fresh out, yeah. fresh out, the, fresh into the grave, I guess. And I told you about the, um, <coughs> the man I had on my tour that was staying in the Omni Royal Orleans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Zach had jumped, and he's actually when I showed them the picture, he said, "Oh my God, this guy was in the hall room." Wait, I actually talked to this guy. That creeped him out. It can be really spooky up there sometimes, especially at night by himself. So anyway, um, what else you got to talk about? Um, well, you know, um, I, I just moved to the French Quarter, and it can be creepy itself. Um, people know those are insane, and uh, I don't know, I almost got abducted last night, I think, Matt. You almost got abducted? And not by aliens or Bigfoot or the... Oh, that's no <laughs> I know, fun. right? You didn't get all Mulder thing, you know? You could have told us about whether you got probed or not, <laughs> If it was the aliens. It was not the aliens. So weird things have been going on in the city. It, October is Halloween month, and it just gets weirder and weirder, closer and closer. We get to 31. People act weird, the tourists come in, and the locals hide. I don't hide. I want to be right <laughs> I got to work at the smut shop that night. Well, we are so appreciative that you've actually joined us. Yeah, I'm very And we hope you stay with us a very long time. Uh, me too. And uh, one of the things, just, I know this is like your first time on like an episode, so we kind of like start with different things. And one of the things is we like to know, tell people what we're watching and like let them know. So we're going to kind of start with you. What are some of the things you've been watching? Well, I kind of kicked it back to some old school stuff because I'm watching most things on the internet. And I ran across a thing when I was a kid back in the 80s was Friday the 13th. TV series. Now it comes out of Canada is about uh, two a niece and a nephew of this man who has made a deal with the devil and the devil has cursed all these artifacts and he's been selling them at the shop. Yeah, the antique shop. Yeah, right. I remember that. And he ends up and dies yeah. and they have to go run around and find them all. So I've been watching that episode after episode and I'm almost done. I mean, I can't remember some of these episodes. And now are you dead. watching this through YouTube? Are you watching no, uh, through... that, that was on uh, YouTube and then I'm watching through uh, HBO. I'm watching Carnival. Ooh, and yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. I've seen it's it. It's very creepy. It's done during the Depression era. People are starving and, and they're out doing their thing. And the whole Carnival is like kind of magical or cursed, if you will. And... Uh, there's it's just really good and and if you want something that you can really stick your teeth in and binge watch very quickly because they only did one season and that's a cliffhanger I don't know why they did that it pissed me off and uh, Adrian Barbeau's in that isn't she yes I, now, I it was, was a beautifully done series I have been seeing her recently in her first big thing that she ever did on TV which was with B. Arthur Maud right because that's uh, I had the I got the DVD set <laughs> You remember we used to put it there so that the B. Arthur would be watching us do the podcast. Fellow one would be Arthur to watch us do the podcast. So we had this big picture of, the, of her on the Maud DVD set. We put it right there. 
<laughs> so Barry, you told us you were watching more of the double feature. Was what you've been watching? Yeah, I just watched how, the how first episode. It? And you remember last week when we we did The Shining and we were looking at actors that could play Jack Torrance. Well, from what I'm seeing, it looks like the Finn Whitwell character is probably going into that Jack Torrance. I don't know for sure, so I don't want to be giving any spoilers. But he, I, I thought about him, and I've seen him play this nice, loving family man. And then I saw him play an absolute psycho when he played Dandy during the uh, during the, the freak show time. So he actually can make that transition and really be creepy with it. Where Jack Nicholson just looked mean and nasty from the very beginning. <laughs> <laughs> he, look, he just looks like he's always creepy. Oh, talking about The Shining, I mean, I still have one more thing I want to talk about with watching, but talking about The Shining, we did forget to do our ratings last oh, week. Oh, yeah. So we'll do that right now. I give it two and a half shutters. I give it two. And the only reason why I don't give it one is because of Shelley Duvall and the kid exactly. and Danny Lloyd and Scatman Carruthers. And also, uh, and, and the scenery was pretty nice. But as far as the, the pacing was slow, Jack Nicholson was, was way too, too, too much. He had no range. He, did, he, he was supposed to go from a loving family man to a psycho killer, and he didn't do that. He went from a psycho killer to a psycho killer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what do you, what do you, how many shutters do you want to give it out? I would probably give it a two, you know, just because I liked it. You know, it creeped me out. It was spooky. And That's I love Shelly Duvall. I just love her. just love her. And she was really good. Yeah, but she still, was. I mean, it was only, The like, like, only thing boring. I pointed out, and I guess I'm being too critical, is that she kept on going in and out of the Southern accent. Which <laughs> the Southern <laughs> accent is her natural But the accent. point is, is that it's so minimal when you go, when you compare yeah. her performance to that. But, but all, I mean, with the, and a lot, I had read somewhere, I mentioned this in last week's episode, that a lot of her terror was real because Jack Nicholson's such a method actor that he stayed in town and she was afraid that he was going to really hurt her. Yeah. yeah. Well, going back to what we're watching, I just have one thing I want to talk about that okay. I saw this week. Is um, It's really, really cute. It's on Discovery+. Plus. It's called House Haunters. Oh, and it's yeah, hosted, whole, it's hosted host. by Anthony Anderson and Mama Doris, <laughs> and they're pranking people, pranking real estate agents. Oh sometimes, God, I gotta see that. Buyers, making them think the house they're looking at or they're trying to sell right. is haunted. Oh, I got, I got. <laughs> and to it see is that. hilarious. Now, I know they're doing a whole series on ghost stuff, just like they do the shark, the shark yeah. month, and but and June, but if you love, if y'all love Anthony Anderson, definitely if you love Mama Doris. Go watch House Haunters on Discovery+. That sounds, good. that sounds good. It reminds me of the signs that they're in the corner, haunted, and they're behind <laughs> not, you, not, not haunted. Not haunted, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah people, but people want haunted houses. They want haunted. Yes. They more. want to see ghosts. I mean, when you take them on the ghost tour and all you do is take them outside the Lolare house, they want to go inside. Now, we've taken some pictures. I'm sure you have, too. I have lots of pictures. I have taken some pictures, and I took a picture of the girl, the little girl jumping. Oh, wow. We get that one all wow, the time. wow. And uh, we get a lot of orbs from, from that house, even though it's not literally the same house because the other one kind of got gutted. Correct. But it's still on the same ground, so it's holding all the activity in there. It's, it's a creepy spot. It really is. It really is. I had, uh, this happened the last time I gave a, a, a ghost tour. These four guys come running out inside the carriageway going, why did you put that on me? And they never like in a fight at, coming out of the lower mansion. And everyone stopped and turned and looked. Oh, 
I don't know what it was about. I don't know what they put what one guy put on the other guy, but it must have been something he didn't want on. It's weird. It totally was weird. a uh, totally fucking weird. A lot, and I've had some people tell me that they people who own the uh, the count the Saint Germain house yeah, mm-hmm. that they will actually let you go in. And walk oh yeah, he will. But he's I uh, know him. He's actually a Baton Rouge lawyer. If you knock on the door, he will let you come in. I have to admit, I Saint Germain still has. I mean, hopefully it has one of the most beautiful facades. Yes, because it's on the it's on that corner. Yeah, and it just has one of those most beautiful facades of any any building in the in the. You know, it was a gay bar called Ru- American Royale. Refuge. And, yeah, I guess that too. And then it was also a straight bar called the. French Quarter Pub back mm-hmm. in the 70s. It was kind of a Gemini type place Gemini, yeah. where people would go mm-hmm. after they got off work. And it, I mean, I'm saying that it was a straight bar, but it was it was a mix. But they served hamburgers and bar food. And a few years after that, because I used to go in there like around 1978, so um, 8-ish, 1977, 78-ish. And then I, in the 80s, in 84, I worked at the Sheridan as bartender. Uh-huh. And this blonde haired girl worked there. I said, she sure looks a lot like the the bartender from the French Quarter pub. And I said, uh, did you ever work at the... Her name was Debbie. I said, Debbie, you ever worked at the French Quarter pub? She says, yeah. She says, how do you remember that? That's so long ago. <laughs> she was a really pretty girl. She had long blonde hair. She kind of looked like Ellie Mae Clampett. Did anything ever weird ever happen there? Like, were people creeped out? I've heard of people in there that would get... That would see things in the restroom. It's the same thing with the. Why is it always the best? With the gem, Gemini, they see some of the, the upstairs lounge mm, um, yeah, victims fire, in yeah. there too. Yeah, you go to Tink on the ghost, go to Spring. <laughs> oh no, no, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we are digressive. We gotta get on. Uh, well, that was well, that this was is really great because I, yeah. just, I think I think so many people are gonna enjoy hearing all this. <laughs> Well, yeah, on a more serious we note. We had some new blood to the show. <laughs> on a serious note, you got some obits for us this week? Oh, yes, I do. Nobody really of any particularly high note, but I got four of them. And I'm going to start with this guy here. His name is Gerald Holm. He's a puppeteer. And um, he's a... Uh, who he played in the, uh, in the Return of the Jedi? Oh, that was the... Um Officer, the um, they have the picture of the thing here. It looks like he's a Santa there. Claus. Yeah, well, that's why he was a part. He was a, yeah, so. I'm not a Star Wars fan, so that really isn't. I never know the name yeah. exactly. It was like an officer. Okay, yeah, Officer Captain. Um, it was a Mon Calamari Officer Captain Varick, and he he died um, at the age of. That's a stupid article I got. And then they tell, tell me age that he died. Anyway, uh, he yeah he was, oh. he was a puppeteer of many different things. Oh, that, he was just shy of turning seventy one. Seventy one. Yeah, you know my doctor tells me anybody his birthday died, was, was yeah he's nineteen no actually yeah yeah seventy one yeah. yeah just shy of 71. Um, seventy seventy because October my was my, um, my doctor uh, told me that anybody who dies younger than the age of seventy five she considers it dying young mm. she says you know like you final years are after seventy five mm. all right so let's see back here okay so now we got france's oldest living man jules therabold he dies at the age of 112 yeah they call that a supercentenarian 
Super He American. was from the Caribbean, the Martinique. Is that kind of like, kind of like a super duper scene? <laughs> right. He was, from, he was from Martinique. Oh, okay. Angelique yeah. from Dark Shadows' is hometown. Uh, that's correct. And um, are you Angelique from Martinique. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he worked as a docker and a fisherman. And in a 2019 interview, he insisted feistily that if we're down to me, I could live until I'm 200. I had a good life and I don't have any regrets. All right. So, so uh, this, this man, uh, so uh, he, he got wine and cheese. So now the oldest man in the world is uh, Saturnino de la Fuente Garcia, who's 112 and three, a Spanish man, who's 112 and 236 days. Mm. So rest in peace, Jules Theremold. Oh, Here we go. All right, who's next? Oh, okay, next we have uh, Alan Calder, Letterman's announcer from the David Letterman Show. He died at 78. And he's uh he's announced the David Letterman show for twenty years. Wow. Yep. He would welcome viewers with the quip from New York, home of mad cab disease. <laughs> 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 reciting it again, and then he would recite the guest list. I remember yep. one thing I remember on Letterman was Cher calling him an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one because at that time I always thought he was an asshole too. So um yeah, let's see if they can. Is Letterman's still alive? Letterman's still alive. Oh, Letterman's still alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he once sang well, a heartfelt yeah, version right. of Send In Clowns for no particular reason. And they actually have a video on here of him doing that. So um, he became, he wound up uh, uh, trans, uh, transforming from announcer to all purpose, uh, purpose comic. And, and he even followed Letterman to CBS when mm -hmm. he moved his new show. So. All right, rest in peace, Alan. One more. Now, this lady, you probably, this is one of those people you know their face, but you don't know their name. Right. She's a character actress named Cynthia Harris, and what she's most known for is playing Paul Reiser's mom in Mad About You. And she was a twice-divorced American socialite who prompted a British king to abduct his throne an acclaimed miniseries, Edward and Mrs. Simpson. She was also in that. She, she played uh, Mrs. Simpson in, in that show in the 1970s. I remember her. She used to do a lot of commercials. But we went, we went uh, oh, I guess I must have been about 16. And we went to see a movie called The Last of Sheila at the Sanger Orleans Theater. And it was a sneak preview of a you know, new movie nobody had seen. And the movie wound up being this really awful B-movie called... I could, <laughs> I could never have sex with any man who has such little regard for my husband. And it was about these two couples, and they all were these TV character people. One of them was uh, Carmine Cardi. He, he, he's known for playing uh, Cloris Leachman's boss on Phyllis. Mm -hmm. But he, um, he was one of the husbands, and... The other uh, and and she was one of the wives, but his wife and her husband had a flirtation, and then they were caught playing around together. <laughs> that title sounds like your life story, Barry. Oh. My life story. <laughs> Why do you call that my life story? And your extracurricular activities. 
Oh, we you talk about my extracurricular activity. You keep on saying extracurricular activities. You don't be like I'm some kind of Sue Ann Nivens or something. <laughs> well, if the shoe fits, if the glove fits. My favorite, okay, my favorite Betty White and Mary Tyler Moore uh, conversation. If the jock strap fits, no. Okay, do you, I don't know if you, you, I don't know if you ever watched, you guys ever watched Mary Tyler Moore show, but uh, Betty White played Sue Ann Nivens, who was kind of a Blanche Deborah. She was a happy homemaker, but she was a raging slut off screen. <laughs> and uh, she played, uh, there was one scene where Mary's doing some kind of thing to help redecorate the, audio, the, uh, the offices. And she goes, Mary, you have got to do something about the pain in the men's room. And Mary goes, Sue Ann, did you crash the men's room? She goes, of course not, dear. I wanted someone's guest. <laughs> so anyway, rest in peace, Cynthia Harris. She died at 87. All right, so that's it with the obits. So what time is you it? You know right? what time it is. It's horoscope time. It's horoscope time. It's horoscope time. He hates it when I do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, creepsters, we're sending you back into the haunted hotel. And hopefully you'll get a night's rest, but you'll probably be awoken at 3 a.m. in the morning. Oh, that happens to be all the time. You know, when you and there'll be a, a ghost in your room. <laughs> so we're going to let you know how does the ghost in your hotel room look that's what's been getting up and making me pee a ghost yeah we're going to describe <laughs> what the ghosts look like in each room depending on what sign you are what ghost uh, you're going to encounter okay. so Aries you're going to encounter a tall shadowy male figure wearing a fedora standing in the corner Oh, I had tall shadowy. I know. I mean, that happens. That happens. That happens in the back room of almost every uh, gay bar in in, in New Orleans. I call that Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) It's called a blackout party. And I'm not even in Aries. (laughs) You know about them blackout parties, huh, Michael Bell? Yeah, but I don't remember many of them that I know about them. I remember the underwear parties. No one ever wore underwear. They would take them off. Well, it would come off immediately, but then, you know, it was like you went up the stairs and you. Shove me in a jockstrap. Rip. Yeah. (laughs) My my late partner was into underwear, so he used to buy me all these skimpy things. I had the body for it back then. I couldn't wear them now. (laughs) But I said, okay, at least I got something to wear to the party. Oh, what is Taurus going to find in their room? They're going to find a shirtless hippie left over because he never found a spirit in the sky. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, hey, if it's a hot shirtless hippie ghost, all the the more. Come in the bed. I mean, it's all Uh, fun. Wash them first. Wash them first. I sleep with a naked hipster every night. Come on. Have you ever talking about talking about hotels? Have you ever seen a uh, bad times at the hotel uh, El Royale? Oh uh-uh, no, uh, it was a recent movie a few years ago, like I think it was twenty eighteen or whatever. But Brad Pitt pays. I think he was in. Was it Brad Pitt? I think so. Plays like a shirtless kind of hippie guru guy or whatever. Really bizarre character. And what was it called? Bad Times at the El Royale or something like that was the movie. Oh, I've heard of that movie, but I didn't see. We it. may cover. We may cover that. I one wanted. Time, I huh? wanted to. Go, we wanted to go see, but it was one of those you missed because there was something else playing, and you only had two days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gemini. That's, Gemini. That's our. That's our Roz. That's our Roz. Roz. You haven't met our Roz yet. 
No. Oh. He, he helps us with all our tech support. He's on things. vacation now. Yes, he's on he's on vacating. Where is he at? Uh, North Carolina visiting his sister and his mom. North oh. Carolina. All right. Well, hopefully he has a good time out there if he's hearing us or. I'm like, I, I'll be glad to see him come back. I actually missed the little fool or the big fool. <laughs> so he might actually be staying, and he's going to be in a hotel room. So yeah, could be. Or could know, he stay in the family? I don't know if he's staying by the, with the sister if they get in a hotel room, or, or if they have a hotel room. I think he's told me they would have the hotel room. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, this is what he could possibly encounter: an emaciated farmer covered in dirt and dust with dark circles under the eyes. Well, that sounds like him. <laughs> no, not, not, emaciated. not emaciated. He's no. far from emaciated, honey. And I can say that because I know I'm far from so emaciated. You want him, what do you want? You want him to come back married? <laughs> to the emaciated farmer. I still don't think that would make him lose that much weight. I think the farmer's been doing too much. No, oh, but I mean, I think that that makes sense. It's a method farmer. Farming is not viable anymore. You have to make math. Wow, so where we at now? It's that trailer in the field. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Cancer, it's your oh, me, 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 me. Uh, oh, you're gonna gonna, hate, you're gonna hate me for this. What am I gonna wake up to? A demon possessed girl with jet black hair wearing a white baby doll style nightgown. Oh, oh my God! How do you know my ex girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> no, she was blonde though, but she was still demon possessed. Yes, there are tales, aren't there? <laughs> Leo! Leo, that's that's uh, Curtis and Curtis. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah. What's Curtis? What's going to happen to Curtis? Curtis, the Leos are going to see a ginger-haired flapper staring from within the vanity mirror. I just can't mm. imagine Curtis having anything to do with it. Well, this is at the hotel room. room. But Clara Bow's going to find Curtis. <laughs> from the mirror, from the vanity mm. mirror. So he's gonna look in the mirror, but instead of seeing himself, he's gonna see Clara Bow. I guess so. Put some lipstick on. Or That's kind of an improvement. <laughs> wow! Wow! Burn. Come on, Clara Bow was beautiful. Yeah, I know, but you're burning. True. I know it's true. That's true. Wow. Virgo. That's me. That's 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 our Mike. From here on out, Michael Bill is a Virgo. <laughs> Pretty all that were wondering. And there's no also a couple name. other people. Oh, there's several other people like we my, know that are Virgo. Like uh, my relative. Yeah, I have several Virgo and like friends. Like your good friend. That I have several Virgo takes friends. Takes pictures of himself with his new boyfriend. And my mentor, who hopefully we're going to be doing maybe not next month, but the following month. Or we moved to L.A. And he's got a new boy. You know, Claudia is a Virgo too, which is my mentor. Oh, Claudia. which hopefully will be actually. I don't know if Michael will know this. Hopefully, we'll be doing actually an interview about with her with about the new book. So. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm in the book. No, she likes. And you're she, in the book. I'm in the book. I'm in. The so book. that's she gonna be likes, really fun. She likes Michael. She was. Yeah, she yeah. was all happy. No, 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 no. I know. Years. I know. She. <laughs> she said he's gonna be a great. He's informing me like I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know what you know because you don't know everything. And when you think you know it. I know that, but I also do know that I, I do know that Claudia and Michael Bill, I know they've been, been they've known the each other for a very long time. The first thing she told me time. when I told her I used to be a tour guide, when I met her, is she asked if I knew you. Of course she did. Yeah. <laughs> See, everybody, everybody's related. And I used to, you know, we kind of like kept on hearing about each other, but had never met. Never met at Go City. And, right? Huh? And met, then we met. met 
on the street during the tour. He goes, oh, you must be Barry. I said, yeah. He goes, I'm Michael Bell. I said, oh, yeah, I read all these great reviews about you. Because the, 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 the clients loved you. They love to write good things about Well, they you. like to be scared, and they like to hear the truth. Well, I got, I got a bad one from one guy, because I told him his wife, I told his wife she looked like Angie Dickerson. <laughs> And she says, oh, I get that all the time. And they would do, we did the tour, and they were really, really nice. They tipped. And laughed, and they tipped me 20 bucks. And then you remember how Ghost City Tours had that little part where they could put, write a review, and we could, we could answer them. We could, right, right, right. Well, he wrote this great scathing review about me, and just like this horrible thing. I didn't know what I was talking about. I didn't, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, so I said, sir, you seem to enjoy the, the, um, the, the review, the, the, the tour. tour. Why are you writing these terrible things? Well, I'll tell you the truth, buddy. I didn't appreciate you flirting with my wife. Oh. I said, you big doofus. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even date women, you idiot. <laughs> and he goes, oh, I didn't know that. And then he took the review down. <laughs> I think good. he took it down before Gretchen saw any of that. I didn't want her to see me calling him an idiot and a doofus. <laughs> but he pissed me off, so I did. All right, I'm sorry. I'll, that's okay. I know the Virgos are like, well, what, what, wait, what ghost are we going to see? Right. What ghost are we going to see? Like you, you digress. Yeah, I am sorry, Virgos. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. That was actually what perfect timing because you got all the Virgos like itching to know. <laughs> like of all the signs, the Virgos are like, so just, stressed and out. You're just dragging it on too. <laughs> I know. I do it on purpose now. So no, Virgos, Virgos, I've never had so much fun doing the show before. <laughs> Oh gosh. Okay. So even my even 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 my phone's trying phone to delay went it. Asleep. It was trying to delay it. Okay. So the Virgos have to deal with the ghost of a screaming baby crawling up the walls while tearing at the wallpaper. Whoa. I fucking hate oh. kids. I mean, this is a known. Thing. I know. This is like Virgos are gonna hate the scre- a screaming child, baby, anything. Bring me the ray gun and get rid of this little bastard. <laughs> Send him to purgatory. Who are you gonna call? Right. <laughs> Kid Buster. <laughs> Actually, I like little kids. There's a balance. Uh, but I, uh, it's mostly adults I don't like. I'm probably gonna follow you, Williams. Come out and exercise the jam. You know who? You know who I really hate. I hate my own generation. Oh, no, I hate the baby boomers. Well, they are a pain in the ass. They are nothing but a bunch of bigots. They're just—they're still babies. They're still spoiled, rotten kids. They are nothing but a bunch of bigots, and they—they and they and they have a, and their hero is a big old baby, oh, a big old orange, orange baby. man. <laughs> wake up to the orange man in your bed. Oh, that would be awful. Mm. That would make me definitely want to kill myself. Okay, we 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 promise we won't get. That's scary. That that's scarier than 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 these ghosts. Yeah, poor Melania. Anyhow, Libra. That was your mama. My mama was Libra. Yeah. Well, what ghosts are the Libras having to deal with? They're having to deal with Civil War soldiers moaning oh, in pain, Lord. dressed in their bloody uniforms. Why is it always a Civil War soldier? And a lady in white. Why is it always that way? Well, you know, because there was so much death with the Civil War. However, now... And it was a father on American Now soil. we've had more death from COVID. Okay. We did a spirit box session and I said, are there many people over there uh, from COVID? And we heard too many. And it got real fucking quiet. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, when I was Uber driving. I'm spooky sure. over there. A lady told me, she says, all these people who think COVID is a hoax, <laughs> tell them to come to the ICU at Turo. I'm not surprised you had that going on with that because it... Honestly, the last time that things were really, really eerie, like after it was after Katrina, Katrina. and it was like it was all the spirits moved over, and the mm-hmm. old spirits were like, whoa. Haven't felt that until now with the COVID 
the pandemic now, uh, you feel like it's in the air. And there was like no one in the corridor. I remember going out late at night. Yeah, nothing. I mean, literally. And the spirits, no. The spirits, oh, no. Oh, yeah. But then you just added more modern spirits to the, to the bit, you know? Yeah. So it's like, I don't know, it's just weird. It's totally weird. It's scary. So what's happening? What are you getting? Because we know you <laughs> Scorpio. <laughs> we probably got the most entertaining week this week. So what ghost are we going to have to come in contact with? Hopefully not too close to contact. Uh, a Storyville whore laced up in her bustier and stockings, pleasuring herself in the bed. Josie? Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> Josie. 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 I think maybe Norma. You know, Might she be started no, as a yeah, Norma Wallace, girl. yeah. yeah. But you know, I mean, just uh, would you die of like syphilis? I'm sure <laughs> something like that, crotch rot. You know, well, there's a bunch of them in in, in uh, St. Louis, number one. Oh sure, oh sure, yeah, yeah. That's so sure. the scary part is there's only a bustier in stockings. That means there's yeah. no panties on. Like you know, there's a there's a there's a movement trying to get. Josie put back into no the tomb bloomers. And that well, they should. I mean, she I kind of think it. she never left. To be honest with you, I think they just t- said she was gone. I think she's knocking on the door. (laughs) Let me in, let me in. No, no virgins allowed. Fuck you then. (laughs) (laughs) Well, moving moving along, we got Sagittarius. That's my man. Uh, What you going to do to that poor man this week? He he's uh, gonna come face to face with a golden age Hollywood actress dressed as a 1950s housewife and murderess. He's gonna come to Jane Mansfield dressed as a housewife. Could be Lucille Ball, you know? We don't mm. know. Is she gonna have her head attached if it's Jane Mansfield? Was it well, reattached? I, was it sewn back on? I mean, no. I actually, know. she wasn't really decapitated. She was scalped, oh, yeah. oh. which is worse. I just remember well, her checking out Marilyn Monroe's chits that time in that photograph. No, that was uh, that was Sophia Loren checking out Jane Mansfield's tits. Right. We're gonna have to cover that sometime. We're gonna have to cover it. You know Jane what? Mansfield. You no, know, what I'm thinking about doing is we take like a really top movie from the person, but then we also talk about their tragic death. Like we'll do that. Another I, y'all, we have so many ideas for the well, ones with her. Ahead. It should be either the girl can't help it, or will success spoil Rock Hunter? One of those two. Well, I will, I will defer to you on what the movie choice is, but we'll figure that out. But that's down the road. Unless we do one of her really bad ones from the 60s, like the Las Vegas Hillbillies. Or... <laughs> no, 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 no. We want to do something. Yeah. We want to do Promises, one. promises. She was the first major We're gonna try to be respectful. We're going to try to be respectful of Deb. We're not going to remind them of what they did wrong. We're okay. going to try to remind them of what they did right. Okay. <laughs> don't be bringing up the, don't bring up the okay. dead's faults. Okay. okay. <laughs> Capricorn. Oh, Lance. Okay. Well, this could eventually. Well, this, thinking about Lance, this could go more than one way. Eventually, is he looking at himself with this one, or is it what's going on? I don't know. What's he doing? Capricorn. They're gonna. They're gonna roll over and notice, notice in their bed a naked old woman with wrinkly, wet, wet, rotting flesh and saggy boobs. Oh. Basically, the Shining Ghost. Well, if it's a naked from room two thirty seven. If it's a naked old man with rotting flesh, it's Lance. That Lance be right up his alley. Yeah. <laughs> as long as he's fat. And you can mistake the bloating for fatness. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> Have fun with that Capricorn. <laughs> All that decay and decomp. Aquarius. Y'all are going to be annoyed by a refined butler complaining about the modern state of affairs and the overall change in decor. <laughs> 
Oh God! Basically, all flaming queen that we ran a house. Jives. Yeah, Jeeves. Mr. Belvedere. Mr. Belvedere. Oh, yeah. Lurch. Who was that one that on um, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Oh, the one on the nanny that winds up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeffries. Jeffries is the one yeah. on. Uh, seen, yeah. Oh yeah, they'll have fun with that. Oh, last but not least. My personal, one of my personal favorites, those Pisces oh. people. I love them Pisces. Is 69. I love them Pisces. <laughs> well, no, no, that's Cancer is a 69. Is that? right. Yeah. That was Pisces. Pisces has the, um, well, actually, they, they do have 69 a, is a, is But a, the symbol is, is more, the symbol's like this. But you're right. The depiction showed two fishes, kind of like a douse. Yeah. Is this, but the and actual symbol for cancer looks like a 69 turn. Right. That's yeah. true. That's true. That's yin and yang kind of thing. But okay, well, we're digressing about 69. <laughs> well, Pisces probably getting excited right now. Right. Anyway, Pisces, well, I don't know if you'd want to do 69 with this, but this is y'all ghost, which is kind of cool. A swarthy old sea captain with oh. a wooden leg and a depth of seafaring life wisdom. I'm about no, to I get a hold of that leg. <laughs> I, can, I can live without yeah, that. There's a whole new meaning to getting pegged. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got, I got a, a, an announcement, a new, a, a, just a, a new uh, flash here. Oh. And uh, that 70s show spinoff is going to be called that 90s show. And Kirkwood mm. Smith and Deborah Joe Rupp are going to do it. So the, the teenagers the and the teenagers will be living in the nineties now. They'll be nineties. Well, they're not going to be teenagers. They're gonna, well, they're going to be the parents. They're going to be the parents, and the grandparents are going to be in it. But they're going to wow. have. What are they going to have? Kitty Foreman and and and. Red. But they're going to have kids. Yeah. Too. Oh, cool. And yeah. Netflix has given a formal series green light to that nineties show, a follow up to Bonnie Turner and Terry, Terry Turner's oh, hit that seventies oh. show. Kurt Wood That'll Smith. That'll be interesting. And Deborah Jo Rapp will anchor the spinoff reprising their respective roles of Red Foreman oh, and wow. Kitty Foreman. They will executive produce that nineties show along the side of its creators. That seventies show alum, al, uh, alumni, Greg Melter, and, who serves as showrunner, Bonnie Turner and Terry Turner and their daughter, Lindsay Turner. Hmm. And it's set in Wisconsin in 1995. That nice show follows Leah Furman, the daughter of Eric and Donna, who are both going to be coming back, and who's visiting her grandparents for the summer and bonds with a new generation of Point Place kids under the watchful eye of Kitty and the stern glare of Red. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll never dies, just changes clothes. What happened with that age show? Oh, that one was a big old flop. And I saw it. It, was, it ran like a few episodes. It wasn't really that good. But I hope this does really well. It sounds like All it. All right. So we're, we're going to take a break. and um, We're taking a short break. And we're going to put a commercial for Barry Marino's Craft Creations, Ooh. our other sponsor. We have some new soaps on. We have a website is live. And we're going to send that, and then we will be right back to talk about American Horror Story Hotel. Yes. Which is really, I got a lot of interesting things to say about this. <laughs> All right, be right back. As some of you may remember, and if you're new to our podcast, I have another business that has finally become live on the internet. It's Barry Marino's Craft Creations. I have made ha- afghans, hats, scarves, and much more. And more coming weekly. Great thing is, we sell holiday items all year round, so you don't have to 
wait till that special time of the year to order what you will like and enjoy. Thanks to our Roz, it's an easy, interactive website to see what has been put on the internet. And after a long wait, finally, we got the Gentilly Lace line of candles live. We have wonderful scents for any household or just for the season. Also, be on the lookout for our Christmas and New Year's holiday candles. And guess what? Our seasonal candles will have something a little special in them. A little out of the ordinary, but we have put charms in the candles. From king cake babies for Bonnie Gras to champagne flutes for New Year's. So look out for our website, BarryMarinosCraftCreations.com. That's B-A-R-R-Y-M-A-R-I-N-O-C-R-A-F-T. C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N-S dot com. You know what that sound means? It's another episode of Game for a Movie where we ask, are you game for a movie? Tell me, Andre. There's no special features on that goddamn DVD. All right? Oh, wow. For Hansel and, Hansel and Gretel? Hansel and Gretel. the DVD Yeah. She basically has sex with it somehow. No, it, Foreplay. Yeah. Yes. She's, for, she's chair foreplay. Yeah, I mean, they knocked out of the park, which is why it's my number three. So. Oh! oh. <laughs> yes. I mean, I wouldn't be in it because this movie doesn't have women. But, you know, it's you fine. Have one. Right. It has one. You would have three lines of dialogue. No, she has more than three. Okay. So I'm actually going to get, like, I actually get, like, I earn my, my, my four sentences of dialogue rather than, like, here, on a paycheck. You just stood there on the screen. You're a sexy lamp. Because they really hate each other, so we get to enjoy some wonderful comedic scenes of them hating each other so much that they get into physical altercations that include her biting detective ex-detective Phillips's dick. Okay. But we don't okay. need a hot tub. I, I know all of those words were English. But the way you constructed yeah, them, I'm lost. Right. Not, I'm not finding the ratings <laughs> on them very well. For those who haven't rated us or uh, liked or given us a review, don't say that we haven't given you anything of value after listening to this podcast. You now know the difference between an R-rated dick and an NC-17 X-rated dick. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to Game for a Movie, where we ask, are you game for a movie? We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. All right, Creepsters, we're back. And today we are discussing one of our favorite TV shows yes. and one of our favorite mm. seasons to go... To, if this coincides with our theme this month, which is... Checking, checking in, in to, to die. die. <laughs> we are going to cover American Horror Story Season 5, Hotel, which ran from 2015 to 2016. And... Um, Duh. Oh, that was... a. That was the iPad saying the. <laughs> and um, it starred Kathy Bates, Sarah Paulson, Evan Peters, Wes Bentley, Michael, Matt Bomer, Chloe Sevigny, Dennis O'Hare, Cheyenne Jackson, Angela Bassett, and Lady Gaga. Yes. Now, when I, when I first, uh, when this, first um, was starting this, it, uh, it premiered October 7th, 2015, which is like, like six years ago, almost. Yeah, about, about, right almost about six dead. years, yeah. And it concluded on January 13th, 2016. Now, um, when I first heard about this, Jessica Lang had just decided she was leaving the show. Mm. 
And I was really not happy about that. And then when I found out that they replaced it with Lady Gaga of all people, because <laughs> to me at that time, Lady Gaga was just a cheap version of Because Madonna. this was her main, her first venture really into acting. And I thought, oh my God, no way in the world is this crazy bitch going to be able to do anything. This show, this will be the demise of this show. And I said, and I was wrong that time. And I was wrong when I heard she was remaking The Stars Born. I said, how she's going to do that? She's not in the same league with Barbara Streisand and Judy Garland. Well, she pulled it off pretty well. So I was wrong that time too. But anyway, on watching it a second time, I, um, I really learned how to enjoy it and appreciate it better. I find it's one of the best, most, the most well-written series, don't you think? It's well seasons. written. It's beautifully crafted. Mm. I mean, we're going to get into yeah. Um, one of the problems I have a lot with a lot of Ryan Murphy stuff is that he tends to go in all these different directions, and you like, and then I don't like the way he takes liberty with history so much too. <laughs> That's really like a just kind of I wrong, mean, so like bad. turning you know Hollywood making everybody making Brock Hudson. Marry his boyfriend and oh come on. Well, that was a what if thing. I know what you're talking about with the Hollywood thing. That was that was kind of like once upon a time in Hollywood. Well, there were there was a little bit of that here in 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 hotel as well. There was a little. Well, you know, and so it's uh. But but you're if you're worried about history, you haven't got to the second part of double feature. Just wait. Well, no, it's and it's just this is um. I found that it was very well acted with a few exceptions that uh, that we're going to talk about. And we are we're going to discuss. I have it right now. We're going to talk about the performance. Performances, aren't we? Yes, and I'm gonna help you go through it so okay. we hit every. So let's let's start with one of my favorites, Kathy Bates. Oh, Kathy Bates playing Iris, the sort of bitter, somewhat bitter woman of a certain age that was the front desk clerk. Now, one thing I love about Kathy Bates is all her characters are different. You get crazy Annie Wilkes in Mystery. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you got Madame LaLaure, even though she wasn't right for the Madame LaLaure. She didn't look right. anything like her. But you get Madame LaLaure as another different character. And she, she she made this a good character of own. It wasn't really the real person. And now, then, you know, the bearded lady. And then she was um, the Iris after that. She was a bearded lady in the freak show. And, and then she's done other things, too. She had the... Uh, that yeah, that's not that's my least favorite. Dimension. I hate that season. But anyway, because I don't like reality TV. <laughs> and she, so she, and then she's got. Um, she played on this. She had this Netflix sitcom where she plays the hip, hippie woman that owns the marijuana store. Oh, I love that yeah, one. Yeah, she, and she was so good. I mean, she's playing. She played um, uh, Madame Laure as a racist. And Madame Mololore was more of a psychopath than a racist, you know. She and she didn't have that southern accent because right. she spoke French. Well, you know this. Well, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Anyway, but I think that Kathy Bates and I love the character Iris and the character Iris changes. Iris probably had the lot. most depth of any character that Kathy Bates did. I feel that Iris had the most depth, the most character development. Yes. Yeah. Very sad character though. Very sad, tortured person. Yeah. You see her go through an evolution, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah. And that's why it's, it's, I think it's, which we're going to talk about Liz Taylor earlier, but when she called her a woman, that they had two of them that were women of a right. certain age, she really does embody that woman of a certain age and that feeling of sometimes being feeling forgotten, feeling invisible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're but right. you know, it's not only women of a certain age. 
Well, no, that's true too. But but I'm talking Especially about as far as a gay man of a certain age, you know. But for this character, for Kathy B, well, it starts getting to be all about <laughs> beauty and twinkiness and and who uh, yeah. and. and uh, Drag queens doing rap and all this other stuff. But, but things are changing. Hold on. Did you see Wonder Woman is there for the bears in positivity? And did you see her tweet? Did you see one? Yeah, I didn't see it. But anyway, no. Thank I'm you, Miss Carter. Thank like you, Miss Carter. Shows. I'm sorry. I enjoyed. I enjoyed the comedic drag shows, the campy drag shows, mm-hmm. all this pageant shit. Fuck it. But Wonder Woman is your friend. She is all about Fat Bear Week, apparently. Okay. She thought it was a body body positivity. Oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> Their tweet thanks was like, a lot. <laughs> Wait, we gotta talk about Wait, we gotta talk about this because she thought it was a body positive week for uh for larger men in the gay community. The fact that she knew that was totally cool. <laughs> that, that was weird. But Fat Bear Week is actually about these actual bears, like actual like brown bears that live out there. Oh, and real bears. Yeah, actual like animal bear. Yeah. So, but the fact that like she thought it was that, like, like the gay community, we love her and we love her even more now for this. <laughs> that she got confused, but it was in such a glorious way that she got confused. She's out there to support. So, what, what, Wonder Woman is there for us, y'all. She has been there for us, and she continues to be, especially if you're... But it is true, you know, it, it just people get... And, and it's just like I was saying, you know, the baby boomers are trying to hold on to relevance so much. And that, that's what all this big um, Make American Great and all these trying to hold on to this old idea of America, this Cold War mentality... It's mainly just a bunch of older people who just want to feel relevant again, re- relevant, and don't want to uh, feel like they're, you know, their time's passed them by. Time's up, the the right? Cold War is over, guys. You know what I do? I, I stick with the times. I live in my time, no matter how old I am. Right. Like Betty White says, I was always me. I was me when I was 20, I was me when I was 40, and I was me when I was 60, and now I'm 100, and I'm me. You know, you just always, you, you, you just don't, you know, it, 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 if, you, if you don't just keep on thinking, but you can't try to make everything like it was when you were growing up. Okay, but talking about living every time, and we're on Kathy Bates, you bring up an important scene, the, the hipsters. Oh, yeah. And how she handled them. I have to admit, if anything, that was probably my favorite Kathy Bates scene of the whole season was her dealing with the hipsters. Well, you know how I feel about kale. And <laughs> <laughs> that hipsters running around looking for kale. I'm oh, like, they want yeah. that pate too, ah, honey. They want yeah, it. it was cat food. It was. <laughs> they were doing it great garden style, it honey. It seemed like she had done, that character had done stuff like that before. You know that she was kind of prepared for people to be that way. Yeah. You know, and it seemed like yeah, yeah. having. Like, I mean, you know how they work with the public, and they, they get. They get stupid, and the baby boomers are just as bad as the Honestly, honestly, anyone who has ever worked in any kind of retail or service industry was totally feeling Kathy Bates' pain. Well, it's like I was just talking about, like, the bad review and and all this review stuff. You know, like, you know this. The tour companies, they live by this TripAdvisor shit. Uh, And you know what? That TripAdvisor, anybody, your neighbor could not like you. And he could say, I'm going to fuck up your job. So I'm going to go give you a bad review on TripAdvisor. And your boss or your voodoo bone lady just lives by it. 
and if, uh, she she got furious with me because I got a four star review <gasps> instead of a five star. Not a four star. I know. Yeah, can you believe that? But anyway, uh, well, <laughs> well, in 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 the show, Kathy Bates has a lot of animosity with our next actor, or the character, Hypodermic Sally, which is played by Sarah Paulson. And Sarah Paulson, tell me, tell, oh Michael, you 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 give him that look like you got. Tell us what you think about Sarah Paulson as Hypodermic that Sally. That was totally freaky. I mean, I, you know, I mean, drug addiction is a horrible thing, right? But it was like she didn't give a shit. And she didn't give a shit when she was alive. She certainly didn't give a shit when she was dead. It's like she was going to drag as many people down with her as she possibly could. But when she gets shoved up that fucking window, <laughs> that was the best part, I think, ever. Well, and there's a thing, and I think what a lot of people with hypodermic Sally, when you go through it, you're like thinking, oh my gosh, she's just, a, like a lot of people watching will think, oh, she's just another junkie or whatever. But I think what really highlighted was when they showed her backstory right. and the recording thing and how she really had so much talent but they weren't recognizing or noticing her as much. And so she would have to use those drugs to her her bandmates or whatever and kind of bring them. That was her only way to feel love from them. And so once again, someone else feeling like they're left out mm-hmm. in the cold or forgotten. And uh, I found and that um, that I'm, I'm talking about performances too now. Uh, Sarah Paulson's another one of those actresses. Mm. All her characters are different, and she gets to really show her acting chops on this show. Yeah. This is probably the most disturbing character she's it's done the most in the entire series. But she plays two see two characters. And they're both completely well, different. Well, now, now, well, you're correct about that. Billy Dean Howard. However, Billy Dean Howard, I still use her. Even though she's in Hotel, she's originally was presented in um, Murder House. Murder House, yeah. yeah. So, Billy Dean Howard is kind of like she just had to go put herself back in it. Which, is, which I'm not saying that that's not telling. But there is a depth with Hypodermic Sally. There is this range of what she has to act as hypodermic salady. Whereas Billy Dean Howard is like maybe like a one or two note. Yeah. Hypodermic Sally has all this depth and range. The char- the character alone has a lot of just I like her range. I like the range. She oh, just the overall her. range of her. I, I mean, you don't see, you look at hypodermic Sally and go, oh, good Lord, look, there's Lana Banana. <laughs> I mean, no, no, no. <laughs> What do you... I just think that, that you can see the similarity between the Kathy Bates character and Hyperdome and Sally. You know, you see they're both lonely, you know, but they hate each other. Yeah. You know, there's a, you know especially uh, Kathy Bates' character hates her. And... But there's a lot of similarities there. Well, that's because she turned her son into a drug. Well, I mean, you know, shit happens. Yeah. You know, drugs are fun sometimes. So who's next? <laughs> oh, they were, fighting, they were fighting over the love. <laughs> Oh, next is a biggie. Probably talking about people, their most disturbing roles, probably up there is his most disturbing. Evan Peters is James Patrick Marsh. This and his role in the cult, the political one, are his two most disturbing roles, I think. Yes. And uh, But this one was, uh, this was different for him. Because he would be, play Mr. Nice Guy. Well, he was the troubled teenager in the first season. He said this... And then he was a nice guy. This role personally disturbed him. And he was a really nice guy in, that winds up getting killed in the coven. And then he's a, he was another nice guy in the freak show, you know? Yeah. And this time he played... And it was this was totally different. First of all, 
most of his other characters were really young. They were either teenagers or frat boys or in their 20s or young fathers. This one, you know, he was a young father later on. In, in, um, he was a young man in, in uh, Asylum. And all his characters were young. And this is the first time he played like a grown man over 30. I didn't even recognize him, you know, after he watched her. And from a different era, from where he, for, for his generation, a totally different generation. The difference between this one and the, and the, and the, the Kai character you're talking about in Cult, though, is, is here he, he has, there's just this idea of pure, unadulterated evil to this level. Whereas Kai, I think you see, it's kind of a difference when we talk about of psychopath and sociopath. Mm-hmm. This was straight up psychopath. Yeah. And um, he was telling in interviews and things, there is a scene still, one of the hardest scenes was the one where he had to do, mentally, he had to do this scene where he's, now if you look on the screen, it's very disturbing. He is actually penetrating, like I guess, uh, this woman while slicing her. Yeah, that's I don't know. If, and he said that scene really disturbed him mentally because even though he knows the actress Nine Heard, they know they're doing whatever, it's just mentally with all of what's going on there, the set, the way everything's done, and the mindset. He, he, he said it really. It's very gory. Disturbed yeah. him. Really gory. Yeah, very disturbing. So he had to go, he really had to press sort of those boundaries and those limits for himself. In, in filming this. So. All right, who's next? Next is our Ten Commandments killer, Wes Bentley. Detective he John Lowe. Very, very good. Mm. Has he done any more uh, of the show at all? Since then, I'm trying to remember. Didn't he do? Okay, he did. I know he did stuff before that. Like he was Edward Moore Drake and uh, Moore Drake in the uh, Freak Show. He was. Um, I'm wondering, now you got me wondering, what others did he do? I'm not sure if he's done. Let me click on him. Yeah, look at I mean, I know him as Edward Moore Drake in that one, and I know him as, as, as John Lowe in this one. Um, one of my favorite things with him... Yeah, I, Edward, Edward Moore Drake and... No, that's... A, uh, oh, he did one of them. Oh, and he played the act, the actor that plays uh, Dylan in Roanoke, Roanoke. Oh, yeah, that's right. He did it. His facial expression acting in his eyes is probably one of the best in, the, in, in, in this season. Like, just watching what he can do with, like, very subtle facial expressions and put so much intensity within his face, that's, that, it, was, it was powerful. I just think he was hot. I mean, and he was. Well, there's a lot of hot ones in here. <laughs> but he was hot. You know, you got, a, you got a big old gay man and he's going to hire all these hot young men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, who we got next? Next, I was talking about hotness. We got Matt Bomer playing okay, that's Don- that's Donovan. Hotness. He has he has the jawline for days. Okay, right. you know, the first thing I saw him ever saw Matt Bowman is was the the, the daytime soap to guide and light, <laughs> and his character Ben Reed had grown up as a kid on the show, but wound up being a serial killer when he grew up. Wow, I had never seen that a, a soap opera character that we. Do as a kid, grow up to be a serial killer. That was that, and he was really good in that. And he was good on um, what is it? Well, White Collar mm-hmm. was that the other show he yeah, was in? And Magic Mike, well, he used a lot of his hotness in Magic Mike. <laughs> and then he's and then he he's also done the boys in the band. 
the new mm, version yeah. of it, where you get to see his I, penis. Now, what I did realize, if y'all didn't notice, the way they did him and presented him as the character in this, though, Hotel, he seemed like, you know, all these, like, vampire shows that are on the CW? Mm-hmm. He really was playing that extremely hot vampire. Like, for, like that's really what they were going for with him, with yeah. his character. Yeah, yeah, and he and he and he brought was but there was depth to it as well. Yeah, and playing his uh, and and the best some of the best scenes for him is definitely between him and Kathy Bates being playing his mom. Yeah, and and that was really some of that was what was the reason he hated his mother so much? It's he blamed. It was a lot about the early family life and and, his father's death or something, or his father leaving. Like they're separate, all these things, and he blames her taking him out of whatever. And then I think he needed to realize how much she was trying to get them out of sort of an abusive situation. And he really, I think over the course of the series, he's having to really face his mother really did love him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and that and that really has some compelling scenes with that. So. Yeah, and I have to say, especially as far as parental things, that's probably yeah. one of the most compelling. Relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he and he does. He's another one of he does different characters. It's, and the other the spinoff, he plays the gay father. The two gay fathers. He's one of them, and he plays gay. You know, and then he'll play straight really well. Yeah. Talking yeah. about motherhood. <laughs> Let's move to Chloe Sevigny as Dr. Alex Lowe. And she did the character well, but let me say something about this character. This really shows the different, what is with a sort of working professional mom being a doctor and yeah. trying to be a mother and trying to juggle that. And I'm not going to say she didn't always do a good... like I mean, the, the actress did a great job, Chloe Sevigny, mm-hmm. but the character, it was... No, the character, yeah. Oh, Chloe Sevigny is, is one of the really top actresses of today. And um, she, uh, um, you know, she you know, we we did a Boys Don't Cry, where she plays the girlfriend of Brandon Tina, and we all and she also said she did Big Love, where she was uh, she was like the really troublesome sister wife. She was good in that. I really she was like that. and her mo- and Mary Kate plays as her mother was really wonderful. Yeah. I've been watching her and Mary Hartman, yeah. Mary Hartman now, totally different. But uh, he, but yeah, in this, I mean, I, I I get to the factor. It's like one of the weird dichotomies here is when she's dealing with um, one of her patients and dealing with the mom and complaining with the mom because the mom's an anti-vaxxer. Um, but then is she really there for her own children? It's like it's kind of yeah. like the factor is like yeah, I'm yeah. with you on the anti-vax thing that you're saying and all about public health. But you really can't go make this woman feel bad about being a mom when there's things right. that you're, you're kind of absent. I think um, that whole thing about them having the problem after they lost the, the child. You know? Well, and that's and then and once they lost the child, it's like she became once the child went absent, she became an absent mother to the daughter. Exactly. You know, she kind of ran, ran away from all of that. It, just, it seemed like she seemed very to work more and leave the kids behind, leave the daughter behind, yeah. especially. But yeah, the, did Chloe do a great job? Yes. 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 Actually, I'd love to see Chloe. We do know actually survives the series. I'd love to see her pop up in some kind of thing. I actually had an idea for that. I think if they ever do, they never said where she necessarily went. But I would like maybe maybe do some kind of Vegas uh, hmm. season yeah. and have her maybe pop up just kind of like a little 
Uh, yeah, kind of like, like, like um, Queenie did in this one. Yeah, fun. like that would be kind of fun. That, that was like, a that was a twist. Alrighty, where are we at next? One of our oh, one of our everybody's favorites. I think everyone at this table's favorites. Dennis O'Hare oh, of yeah. Miss Liz Taylor giving us life. I think it's really good to see no. older gay people in things. I get so tired of those gay movies where hot hot nerd guy is only a nerd because he's wearing glasses, <laughs> and he's pining over other hot nerd, other hot guy that's not doesn't wear glasses, and everybody looks like they go on to the beach except for Leslie Jordan. <laughs> and, 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 and it's funny you bring that up because that's what Liz Taylor was also questioning. And then what really is beauty? Yeah, it was a big question of Liz Taylor's character. But that's what they think, you know, like all those eat all you can eat. Uh, whatever they call it, those gay buffet, movies. Buffet. That's what they all are. I mean, look like a buffet, yeah. Everybody right. look like they stepped out of the, the, the uh, off of a porn set, and they're you know, and and but they like I say in these movies, the only the only gay guy that's allowed to age is Leslie Jordan, and he's always the token old queen. Oh shit! Yeah, but I can't. Well, hopefully, eventually we'll get, we'll get to do Coven at some point when we do witches and stuff. Because I can't wait to talk about Miss Leslie Jordan. Okay, I okay. love I love me some Leslie Jordan. Yeah, and, and he's he's pretty good on that show. But Dennis Dennis O'Hare, Dennis O'Hare, uh, Dennis O'Hare, everything he's done. We let's go back to uh, Milk, another movie we covered. Right. He's playing Briggs, the homophobic. Yeah. And then from that to Liz Taylor, come on, you know. And then he was the Vampire King on on True Blood, the Mississippi Vampire King. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he was the, the 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 guy in the first American Horror Story season, the the disfigured guy. Yeah. And and he was a butler in Coven. The butler was tongue cut out. Well. He is broader than just about everything he's done. But I think this is my favorite of his characters. And y'all have to look at the timing of this. This was 2015, the fall of 2015. This was right after uh, that summer we had gotten the the landmark case on gay marriage. But then things were turning to look at the trans community and everything from employment to what goes on to their rights to to even being able to go to the bathroom and a lot of the big question that always comes up and especially i'm kind of glad it's he started here and then he really ryan murphy went in depth with pose but through dennis o'hare and the liz taylor character he was able to present the idea of what really is beauty do you have to actually pass that question, or can you just be that's yourself? Something, that's something and my cousin is being yourself, with. woman enough. Yeah. What? How do you feel about that, Michael? Uh, you know, I, I it's it's weird, but I, I just think that this particular character showed bravery, especially in the beginning, where he's all dressed up, he's going out and he's meeting his the guys he's with right there. You know, he's like, oh, I himself. just thought that, I love that. This guy, he's meeting up with these homophobes in 1984, <laughs> and who comes to kill them both but Lady Gaga? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like she came from the, from 2015 just to slice right. their throats. I think I think Dennis O'Hare brought his character list that brought the light to the show. I think so too. Yeah. You're absolutely right. About they were very uh, and because at times the series is very dark and you need it. <laughs> and a very loving. You, you person, had comedy. Too. There was love. There was comedy. There was light. You needed that coming from uh, the character of Liz Taylor. Mm. Let's next talk about another hottie. Good old daddy Cheyenne Jackson <laughs> as, as Will Drake. Yeah, who decides he's straight when he meets Lady Gaga. 
That is that really straight? No, he's marrying Lady Gaga. Come on, Lady Gaga. You might as well be marrying Madonna. I think think it's kind of that thing of where you know, like you know how they always give like a a hall pass, or it's like at that point it's an icon. I mean, Judy Garland never have a straight husband. You're not with a woman. You're not with a woman. You're with an icon. Yeah. But how how did y'all feel about Will Drake, Hot Daddy Cheyenne Jackson? I like the actor a lot. And you know, he's also, him and Leslie Jordan are both on that Call Me Cat now. I will say, though, this is not my favorite American Horror Story character is. No. My favorite character, which um, we may actually do Coven along with the part of the apocalypse at one point, is John, Hen- I think John Henry, when he plays the uh, one of the people at the boys' school. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm trying to remember that. The Witches, an apocalypse. Oh, and Pac- oh yes, yes, he gets yes, turned yes, to yeah, ash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually find. Yeah. I actually. I'm thinking Coven. <laughs> my problem with Wildrick in here is he did a great job, but I think the character was written to kind of be not to have many notes. Basically, it was almost. Yeah. yeah. But he did well with it. Yeah. I think it. it really was more of a lot of times he wasn't really getting his moment because the scenes he had was for the person he was with to have a bigger moment. So did he support real well when he was in a scene? Yes. I just don't buy it, though. I mean, men don't just not gay anymore. But of course, if well, you're... He's bisexual. But it's Lady Gaga. It's not really... Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's She's not... She's like a goddess, and she is... Yeah, that's a god. That's getting with a goddess. Like I said, did, did, did Judy Gowen... Otherwise, I mean, I really have a heavy <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah, Judy Gowen did have um, uh, uh, Sid Luff, but he was more a manager than a husband. <laughs> well, up next is a little area of contention. I really, really love this actress. However, I do have to agree with some of the things Barry was saying earlier before we started recording. Barry's about the same. Angela thing. Bassett as Ramona Royale. I live for Angela Bassett and everything. And I am not nearly as in love with her as you are. As a matter of fact, I don't really like her. I love her. <laughs> Well, and the note you, he said is you felt like it was the same character as Marie Laveau. She, okay. And I was like, not... Yeah. I see where the acting had some similarities where she could have changed it up a slight bit different. But the way in which her sarcasm was used was a lot funnier here in um, Hotel. Nah, the best part was the the flashback scene when her father had Alzheimer's. No, that's when the that character had death. Her, yeah. her, her character. But I'm not really in love with her, and I'm not. I, I she played a character I absolutely despised in Waiting to Exhale. She was like a, a an African American <laughs> Betty Broderick. Well, I did. Like love- <laughs> All right, the ex husband leaves you. Get his money. Don't you don't have to burn the Mercedes. Yeah, you do. Oh, well, yes, you do, <laughs> yeah, honey. Yes, you do. You don't have to go. I think many of and the she goes, out there are going to disagree with you on goes that. To, <laughs> she goes to the office and she don't even know this, sec- this white secretary. She thinks it's a man. She just slaps her. And it wasn't even the right woman. And she makes a big deal over the woman being white. That's racism. <laughs> if a black, white actress, if a white woman left a black woman, went and slapped her and said, what are you doing with an N-word? We'd be on fire. Although I have to give her, okay, being that there were so many vampires in this thing, I have to give her credit as having probably some of the most kick-ass kills. Yes, definitely. But this isn't her first time playing the vampire. True, true. She did true. it in Vampire Brooklyn, too. And that's why, and I think that's why they, it really made fun to use her. Says Pam Greer. She did, did well, that. she was supposed to be doing Pam Greer. She ain't Pam Greer, I'm sorry. No, no. Never She's no Pam Greer. Pam Greer. 
the scale. You could tell that that was where they were going. Well, you know, the thing about it is, is that she got, everybody used to laugh and used to wonder if Pam Greer actually was a vampire because <laughs> Pam Greer had stage four cancer like back in 1989 and they had given her like two weeks to live. And all it went to remission, and all of a sudden she's fine and she's perfectly healthy mm. and she's Jackie Brown. Jackie and it never came back. And that's like oh, what thirty something years. <laughs> she looks good. She still and looks the, good. And the ultimate kill of the entire thing is her taking down Gabri Sedebay as Queenie. I mean, that was talking about kick ass. Well, it wasn't her. It was actually James. Marsh it was actually there, but her at least I was trying to hoping, take him down. I was yeah. kind of hoping Queenie would offer. I was I had enough of her by that point. I was kind of hoping Queenie would too, but I had enough of her after the father died. I was hoping that she'd like go out in the sun and disintegrate or something. I did I did enjoy her having to meet her match in Queenie though up until the point that James Patrick March. Yeah, years. and then nothing bad happened to him, and I hate that. Let's hit the biggest now performance: Lady Gaga as the Countess. Oh, oh, let's start with Michael Bill. He's I got love Lady Gaga. I'm a big Lady Gaga fan. I like, like he was, you know, Madonna did, did Evita. She was terrible in that. And it's like you see these icons, and it's like they try to act, and it's gonna be like, oh shit. And, and that's the best performance. Best performance of <laughs> and I thought that was. Well, yeah. no, she Lady was, Gaga she was wasn't amazing. bad in the, the baseball, the, the girl softball. Yeah, thing. but I mean, and Lady Gaga won the Emmy for this. And I actually yeah, I mean, she was she, amazing. She really was amazing. I mean, the whole acting, and I mean, just. The thing that that character did, you know, besides drink blood, and the fucking, and then drugs and the alcohol, and and just, then you see her where she's this this innocent girl who's a silent, who's trying to break into yeah. silent pictures, and Rua Valentino and his wife are kind of exploiting her, and but all she really wanted was to be loved. That's, that's the whole true. thing. It was that's more the about for her. It, whether that was by her children she created, the little white-haired children. Or whether it was one of her many lovers. It and well, and, and the thing, like I told you, when, I first, when they first said, I said, oh, because I really didn't like her. You know, I worked I worked in this bathhouse, and all <laughs> they played was paparazzi and poker face. And I never wanted to hear paparazzi or poker face ever again. And I never, and then I always said Born This Way was just a ripoff of Madonna's Express Yourself. But I never did... I, I really did not like her at all. And I was like really horrified that she was going to replace somebody as awesome as Jessica Lange. Well, when I saw her, I was too busy hating on her the first time I saw it. Uh, since then, I've seen A Star is Born. I've, I've heard her actually sing with Tony Bennett. Yeah. And, and she's actually a really good singer. Like, you know, like Barbara Streisand and Celine Dion. She's really good. She really has a great voice. And I see that she's much more than that. And then I didn't know this. And, and then when I watched it this time, I came in liking her. And then I really came in, it, it, when I saw a lot of it, there were some scenes where she had looked absolutely beautiful. The way they had her made up. And we'll be talking about that when we get to costume. When uh, in A Star is Born, they have her looking plain at first. And she's playing like, well, like a folk singer kind of, not a real glamorous person. But in this one, the glamour was just overrunning, and and her range was pitch perfect, and she was absolutely wonderful. And 
She won that Emmy. She deserved it. Yes, she sure did. And some of the most interesting scenes may not have been, say, the biggest, strongest scenes, or like as far as what was going on. But there was the most compelling is sometimes when she was dealing with the birth and also with the raising of the infantado, her actual child, real child, who uh, lived in room thirty-three. The fact (laughs) that uh, Finn Whitrock played both. One of the her lovers that she picks up on the model, Tristan, and then she played, um, and then he played Valentino, who was the love of her life. That made sense. That's why she picked him because he looked so much like Valentino. Well, let's talk. Even though he wasn't my next one, he's only like two weeks. Let's talk about Finn Wintrock since you brought him up. Okay. Let's talk about him. I thought he did a really good job. He's more than just a pretty face. He has a pretty face, but he's more than that too. And I'm glad he got a chance to do that role. Yeah, the dandy st- role was so one-dimensional. Yeah. Plus, plus, the dandy was probably his one of his most evil roles ever. So it was good to see him have to get a chance just to... Well, after he played Danny, I saw him interviewed. And we're like, he is really... You could tell in real life he's really a nice guy. A very, very nice guy. He's probably somebody that you would enjoy hanging out with. And Dandy was so repulsive, you know, you couldn't even enjoy how cute his butt was when he was <laughs> naked. I don't know, I'd kind of did, but I'm just weird <laughs> like that, okay? Well, we got to see, and then when he did, <laughs> then when he did the Versace uh, yes, series, yeah. he played another nice guy, and he was a nice guy in, um, in the 18, 1984, he's only in one episode. Talking about all, we had mentioned the children. I know they didn't put it always on a lot of the cast crew, but I want to talk about Lennon Henry for a second, who mm-hmm. played Holden Lowe. He was really good, the kid. I know, he, and for not actually having a lot of dialogue, he did an amazing uh, he's job. He's probably, like I said, he probably wasn't SAG at the time. That's why they had him <laughs> quiet most of the time. You think so? Yeah, he probably was supposed, originally just supposed to be an extra. It's hard as an actor that did not have any words because you're relying on other things, you know. I mean, like, did not have, be able to have dialogue with anyone else there. Mm-hmm. And you're really relying on facial features and movement and stuff like but that. But everyone was endeared. Weren't you endeared by the character? I thought it was sweet. I thought it was even sweet. even when he was a little vampire, you were still endeared. His breath of blood tastes terrible. <laughs> Sag is really hard to get into. Like when I lived up north, you had to have what they called SAG, um, SAG points. And you'd have to, um, it, the way you got those is if they used your car in the thing, or if they did, you know, they did certain, or if you did certain things or you had one line, you'd get more points and you could work towards SAG. And the SAG extras got more pay, they got better food, they were treated much better. But, um, the um, here in Louisiana, we're right to work, so they used my car in, in Treme, and I got a little, I got a twenty dollar bump in pay. Ooh, <laughs> I love the South. <laughs> love them red states, don't you? Well, the final performance actress we want to talk about could not have kept this going without her because she kept the whole goddamn place clean oh. was Mrs. Evers played by Mayor Winningham a former Brad Packer yes this blood will come right she was out part of the Brad Pack back in the 80s and yeah. now she's well she it's funny that her her main co-star in both seasons this one and Coven 
was Evan Peters. Yeah. She was his mother that was molesting him. <laughs> in, in, um, yeah. in Coven. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, you're right. right. And then that was disturbing. She was the older, uh, the older woman housekeeper that was in love with him. Yep. Now, the sad part is, is once again, you're bringing up the love factor. It's this thing of she only really got noticed when she was of use. Yeah. But I think about all these characters, you know, they're all lonely. Yeah. They're all lonely. That's the, that's the underlying thing for each single character, it seems like to me. The major they're ones, all yeah. lonely. And she was a very sad, it, the end was very sad. Uh, but she was absolutely wonderful. And she, she but she gave us some of the most delightful moments <laughs> throughout. throughout. <laughs> she was absolutely wonderful. And she's actually close to Poor one thing, of my She was trying to get a stain out of everything. Thank God for Liz Taylor when she gave her the, the OxyClean or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they gave her the washer and dryer. The washer and dryer. Said, and then she was like, God, she's just really happy. And I felt genuinely very happy for her. I was like, thank y'all. She yeah, needed to. even though she killed people. <laughs> yeah. I didn't care. She finally got made her life easier for cleaning up the whole But she had it sad. I mean, her, her son was kidnapped and murdered, a little boy, when she was alive. Yeah. And, it, and that's kind of what we see is these characters. It's, it's like they, they sort of become that sort of family, and they sort of... We saw how these even actors and actresses in the casting, it seems like they developed that over time. Mm-hmm. So as the storyline went along, you saw certain ones come together. I think Liz Taylor and uh, Kathy Bates' characters, those two. Iris. Really, and yeah, Iris and Liz. Yeah, yeah. So sweet. And, and their friendship turned out to be so exactly. nice. You know, it just... And they really do take over sort of the hotel. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Yeah, that, she's a vampire. He's because they're those villain. women of a certain age, Thanks, honey. Right, and they know right. how to get things done. So, are we taking another? We're break gonna be taking now? another break, and then we're gonna come back and All actually. All right, talk. And we're gonna take one more commercial break, and we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about more the, of the production, production, and, and everything. All right, be right back. I'm Derek, one of the hosts of Return to Oswald. Return to Oswald is a podcast about the iconic HBO show Oz. And we started it quite simply because my friend Brandon has never seen a single episode and we loved living through his horror. Scar, Brandon, and myself get together every Tuesday and discuss this show episode by episode, season by season. We have great conversations and nothing gets held back. We respect each other too much to lie. And we talk about how absurd this show really is when you look back at it. Like, how long is the time frame in Oz? People are getting executed within like three days of getting there. And why do they show people if they're just going to kill them within eight minutes? That did happen. And why hire so many rappers to play bit roles? Is there a quota? Why is there a direct pipeline between this show, The Corner, and The Wire? Oh, and The Sopranos. We didn't forget about y'all. Also... How does Adebisi's hat stay on? Why didn't anybody ever notice he had a CD player in his drawers? And why won't they put cameras up in that gym? These are all questions we talk about and more. So check us out. Go to linktree backslash HBORTO to find our latest episode. You can also just type us into your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for checking us out. That's me. Fucking roll model. Alrighty, we are back, and um, 
now we're going to talk a little bit about the production. Yeah, the different elements. And different elements. And uh, Philip's going to lead us through this. Yes. So we're going to start with one of my favorites of any movie, art direction. And especially this because we're dealing with this gorgeous set and this detailed set of the Hotel Cortez for this AHS hotel. And like I was just telling you guys while we were in break, I said really when you look at the idea of the Hotel Cortez, it's actually a concept of a mixture of the blueprint of a, the hotel in mm -hmm. Chicago from H.H. Holmes' mind mixed with the actual CISA hotel, which we're going to talk about next week yes. in Los Angeles, with this grandeur of the Art Deco era as the facade painted onto all of that. So that's really the beauty of what you get is this a combination of all of that, the horror, the glamour, and all of that, it's and the set. So y'all tell me what y'all felt about the sets. Well, I thought that the sets, they showed when the hotel was run down, they captured that. They captured that old sort of, uh, I love these old hotels. I love learning about them. I read a, a well, actually listened to an audio book about the plaza in New York, and it was eventually owned by Donald Trump and everything. This is one where the burn, uh, what is it? The uh, burn, uh, is it the Bernadette? Is that the name of the girl that lives in the hotel? I think so. Uh, those books were written there by um, uh, Kay Thompson, who was actually one of Judy Garland's accompanists, and um, and it, it was a really and, and and they captured that that old. Art Deco kind of look, and then they captured the more modern, with the Wi-Fi and the, the and the, the, the juice bar, the, the um, with the little mini fridge thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what they call that shit. <laughs> I, yeah. I, what I'm saying this is, I thought the uh, the 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 sets were absolutely flawless. I love the Art Deco stuff. I really do. It reminds me of the old funky. Now I'm gonna go crazy if I don't look up with who they. But um, I think that was. I mean, the whole set thing. You could actually because, like you were saying with the decay, you'd almost feel the and smell the old stale. You know, it had that. You could smell a mustiness. Yeah, it had. It had. You know, something was living, but it wasn't living very well. You know, at the hotel. But and then he transforms it. You know, he tries to transform it into a show place. And we'll talk actually about why yeah. this is so, out of all the uh, seasons, we're gonna talk about later on when we get into themes, why the art direction was so important. We'll actually talk about that and the idea of creating a hotel. So we just wanted to talk about it right now, but a little bit later on, we're gonna be talking about different themes in there, and I'll say why art direction was so oh, important. Oh, I'm sorry, Eloise is the name of the girl. The, oh, the okay. children's books, okay. yeah. You remember those from when you were a kid? Did you read them? Yes. Yeah, every, yes. I think everybody did. I did. The next category I actually watched... Uh, Maybe you can read them now. I was watching little <laughs> behind-the-scenes things, and the next thing we want to talk about is costuming, which was very interesting because the costume designer said she had to go through a whole level of different work with this. It wasn't just about all the eras. There were moments, and specifically with Lady Gaga's mm -hmm. wardrobe, that the costume designer said she was stretched to her limits having to explore high fashion. Mm. To a level like they never had to do on other seasons. And did you also know that Lady Gaga said that it was in her contract that she can't show her nipples? That's why they had the tape across them. <laughs> oh, and they had the little stars. Remember the yeah. little stars was there? Because she said, I love the stars, the little black stars, the glitter she stars. She said she didn't want to do any actual nude scenes where her whole breast was showing. Well, hell, she was 
jerking and jiving and fucking these people and covered in their fucking blood. Well, a lot of that is a lot of those things have been stained. But she has those fabulous glittery star yeah. pasties, honey. But yeah, so she. Was, I thought the gloves was cool. I thought both the gloves were cool. You have the little. little I have nice a little finger little finger finger thing. Thing. Yeah. The gloves were cool. I, I would have to say I don't know if y'all agree with that statement. Probably the best season for costume design. Yes. Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah, because because good, money. but the costumes were mainly basic little black dress for the. Emergency. I hope that costume designer earned some awards because this that was like she said it was one of her hardest seasons doing that. Even the costume. guys are dressed nice. Yeah, really oh yeah! Seen, I mean, like her companions were all. I think Let's see awards really and nominations. Good. Okay. Yeah, I'm just. I mean, I'm all about the gloves. Like you know, I want one of those. So I'm walking through the French Quarter. They so much. So fuck with me, but I can last time across that road. But she was. Both of them. The 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 way they used those to to drain blood and to kill others and. Well, Lady Gaga did that, win for. Um, for uh, best actress in the miniseries, she did yeah, film, yeah, yeah. a Golden Globe, <laughs> and she also won on uh, outstanding for the GDT uh, uh, CTG awards, and um, she did win the Emmy too, right? Let me see. Okay, makeup and hairstylist won for all of it. Wow. Oh, good, good. Okay, so we're about to talk about makeup, the makeup as well. and hairstylist awards, and oh. the primetime Emmy. Sarah Paulson was nominated, and Kathy Bates, but. Lady Gaga wasn't nominated. So let's talk about the makeup for a second. There's a couple of things we want to talk about with makeup. Yeah, Lady Gaga looked pretty. It won Not so hard costume, to do. Costumes for a contemporary series and limited series, that they, they won. And outstanding makeup for limited series, they won. For the oh, excellent. Well, makeup is what we next want to talk about. Makeup was intense. I was watching some uh, behind-the-scenes stuff on that. First off, let's talk about when they had to do the more gorier kind of side little small characters and sp- mm. stuff kind of like a couple of them that come to mind the bed man uh. and the addiction demon oh yeah the amount of prosthetic makeup on both of them that was it, and it looked like a process that they had to go through that was not look like you get in mm. take several right. hours god it sounds awful as for an actor, actor have to go through that you know and the scene was just when I saw that scene I was like this place. This is this is going to be a great series. This uh, episode, you know, it's just it's very intense. Yeah, and that makeup isn't comfortable. I've been in theater. I've been on screen. I've been on stage. I've been, and now I'm in front of a mic. <laughs> well, that addiction demon was really layered and like facially like I. Don't know if he only had like a couple of holes to breathe through, but his mouth was covered yeah, for sure. And they wanted him to look. They even did this whole like translucent effect on top of the prosthetic and then and the latex and all. And they wanted him to look like that costume almost be like this dirty used condom. That's, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was pretty intense. And what about the um, all the makeup of all the actors playing the serial killers? They made them look exact. They took Lily. Oh, that Ray, was, who was absolutely that was lovely. And made her look like Eileen Warms. <laughs> she was in an intense makeup job on that. I probably, the, the guys was okay, like the different guys here. But her, the work they did on her, really... Well, you know... It actually put to shame, because wasn't, wasn't the... Didn't Charlize Theron play Eileen Warren? Yeah, like, and they did the same thing with her. And, and Charlene she was, was so anything, but it looked like Lily Rabe was done even crazier than Charlize Theron. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, whoa... 
The but five, to make these beautiful women look ugly is... Yeah. The most powerful makeup thing, which you were not realizing, you mentioned, and they, they brought this up, was about Sarah Paulson. She was doing two different shows right. for Ryan Murphy at the time. She was doing The People vs. O.J. Simpson, and she was doing uh, Hypodermic Sally in Hotel. And she was doing it on the same day. And it was two different kinds of makeup they had to do on her face. So she would have all this like crazy frizzed out hair and makeup and all for Hypodermic Sally, which was like really, really wild. But it was actually easier than when they had to put her into Marsha Clark, which yeah. had to be very detailed, very exact to transform her. And they were doing that on a daily basis with her. She was filming both of them at the or same actors. time. Now, you see, John Cameron, uh, John Carroll Lynch already looks like John Wayne Gacy. He kind of does. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. He really does. <laughs> although, he, although it was awesome to see him. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome to see him actually put on the... Um, and, but, uh, but we already know he was a crazy clown because remember he was oh he, God, the he, easiest was, costume, he was twisty this season before. The easiest costume had to be uh, Mr. Wu, Charles Melton. He was just in his underwear all the time. <laughs> Mr. Wu don't pay for pussy, honey. <laughs> I, think, I was wondering if they meant for him to be naked all the time because he dies naked having sex with the two girls. Yeah. But I don't know if they really could just have him just naked and you could see everything. So well on TV, oh, so, they put, so they put the drawers on him. Yeah, yeah the drawers on him. I think also the drawers just kind of made that those white drawer, the white underwear, the little tidy whities. But just, he wasn't wearing much. <laughs> <laughs> Not much at all. But yeah, Mister Wu don't. He wears pay, a lot. More. He don't pay for pussy, honey. He wears a lot more on Riverdale anymore. <laughs> exactly. So the, uh, before we get into themes, the final things we want to talk about is the film editing and the shots and the and the, and the whole. Cinematography. How do y'all feel about that? I thought I thought it was flawless. I thought it was great. I, I didn't find any problems with that at all. Beautiful camera angles from from from. Now, if you're epileptic and kind of get kind of get a little stroby, I'm sure. Oh, certain parts, yeah. The, the first, you know, the the, the demon, the bad the bad guy, and all that. That to me was just well, like the, that fashion show was. That yeah, you know, you know. <laughs> it was disturbing. You know, the, the editing was so. Moving, you know, things were moving around so much, and I just think that editing just added to the disturbing factor of what we were seeing. I'm trying to think even more so than Murder House. I think the idea of like you're talking about where it's a child, this idea of spirits just popping up uh, in and out, like, was really evident in this series, in this, in this yeah. season. We never found out what that character was, though. I mean, it's like who it was. It was just like, there were a lot of things we didn't know. Bedman, we didn't really know who Bedman was. We didn't... There was a lot of these characters we didn't always know their backstory. And I think it was just showing you the level of how many entities were in that... Spirits yeah. were in that building. Mm -hmm. well. But, you know, also the zombie, the... the uh, being put... The Valentino, when he was... When they found him, he was all covered in... You know, wasn't that... That's the one where they found them in the walls? Which they locked them up yes, the yes. Yeah. And then after he was dead, decomposing yeah. and everything... And she found that. him, found Valentino decomposing. Uh, she, she wasn't real happy about that. <laughs> sound, music, and sound. And I will tell you, there was a lot of good, also, use of rock and roll. We'll talk about that through it. There was a lot of, actually, the whole series, just to put it plain and simple, basically, if you listen to Hotel California, it literally sums up where he got the whole idea. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Actually, Hotel California is about drug addiction 
Exactly. It's, more than, it's, a, it's not really about an actual Which hotel. Would, yeah. Which it goes to, and I'll just mention they it right They stab it with their steely knives, yeah, but they just can't kill the beast. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll was no, one of the yeah. biggest themes in Hotel. So what did you feel about the sound? Any Anything else y'all, did y'all take away with the sound? I, the sound editing? I thought, I thought the, the music choices were really good, and I thought that the sound... And I was listening to it on the Dolby soundbar, so I got it really good. And it, I, I, yeah, it, it was it, everything. They brought everything. This is definitely one of the best seasons of that TV show. So the final thing in production, did Ryan Murphy and crew do the job you, you they were set out to do? I do believe like so, yeah. I, 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 and Ryan Murphy's very inconsistent. Everything he does isn't wonderful. But... <laughs> Because that Roanoke, that. that thing's got to go. <laughs> yeah, Roanoke, it's like I pick apart pieces of it that I like, but the season as a whole, yeah. I don't Oh, like. we're not going to have to cover that. I'll no, we're never covering that one. Um, did he, uh, I don't know if this is true or not, but did he write as they were doing Kevin or Freak Show, did he write the script as they were going along? Sometimes it looks like that's what he in does. In certain seasons. So, but Hotel looks but like I think he really all, planned this. And maybe Hotel was well thought out together. because it came from the song. Blatantly, you can see it's taken from Hotel California. The yeah, concept. That's, that one and did they play Hotel California? And, and, yeah, yeah, they did play it at one point. But if yeah. you think about it, if you're taking a song like Hotel California in rock, that's probably one of the most well-written Icon, songs. Yeah. And iconic songs that is really, truly storytelling. And rock. So that's why if you develop it right, which he did here, you get an amazing story. Yeah, but yeah, it, it, they did really good. It looks it's it, it's a lot more structured than what he usually does. Usually he's going it does look like he's writing it as he goes along. Some of it does. So before we get into themes, I don't want to miss it. Let's do the actual rating right now and then we'll get into themes. Okay. How many shutters are you giving it? Out of five. Bill? I'm Out of five. Full five shutters. Yeah, you know what? This is the first time I've ever given anything a full five, but I'm giving it a full five, too. <laughs> I don't care anything. The only thing that would make me take a little bit all away from it would be Angela Bassett, but she's not... It's not enough. She's not in it enough to ruin it. And there's a lot she does she right, been, even for what you... If she would have been in more of it, she would have taken some off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Brutal. Brutal. It's honest. I'm sorry, Angela. I'm sure you're a nice lady, but... Uh, Five shutters, yes. Five, yeah. So this is the first time we have ever given anything five shutters, huh? Well, I think I've given, I don't know if you have ever given five shutters. I've given five to something, maybe like Rosemary uh, Baby or something. Did we give Orphan five shutters or did we give a No, there ain't nah. But this, across the board, all we no, have three, I, I, we have I, three I of us split now and all four. three of us have given it five I mean, shutters. Flawless. It really is flawless. So this is really good. And so. So let's. Oh, what were you going to say? I was just going to welcome Michael again before we go to the social media. Okay. Oh, we're not going to show, we got to talk about the themes. Oh, okay. You're skipping like the whole major point of things. Are going, I know, I'm looking at I the I just time. wanted to get the rating in. We're doing fine. Okay, so some of the themes, let's talk about that we noticed in there. First off, the parental themes, the parent and child themes. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Anything stuck out in your mind that we haven't discussed already mm-hmm. that you want to mention? Well, you know, the, how you the, felt. The, the, um, first of all, the relationship between uh, Iris and what, what's Bad Boomers? Donovan. Donovan is a, you know, a dysfunctional parent thing. And then there's the, um, the doctor, Alex, and her children and her husband, 
and the children. That's that's a parental thing. We have um, Ramona and her father. Yeah, exactly. She turns him without realizing it wasn't going to flip the Alzheimer's because that part that of the brain had already been destroyed. And then uh, there's also um, uh, James Patrick March and Hazel are kind of a parental well and this is the thing you bring up but that he was for the entire some of the spirits at least some of the serial killers were like his children but here's the thing they said but one, she was like motherly towards him and motherly towards him yeah the thing about Hotel though when you compare it to the four seasons before four seasons before had strong maternal themes this is the first time that it either goes above or equates as you have those paternal those fatherly themes yeah, yeah. and those well developed characters of being fatherly because even Liz Taylor claims well, to, even though it was a woman who claimed right? to be a father the one, what about in the first season there's a father in that one uh, but those right. aren't developed the characters are not well developed on that father in the way that this is mm. the, like the idea of looking at the paternal just as strong and John Lowe yeah is a father is the huge <laughs> theme in, in here Oh, and Kathy Bates' characters are always motherly characters, but sometimes she's a mother from hell, like <laughs> Madame LaLaure. But I will give you, I will give you, like you said, you're right about her as Iris in this. Iris and Donovan. But as a bearded lady, she was a loving mother to her son. Yeah. But this was probably the most, that was probably the most compelling parental child relationship. And there was a really good um, chemistry between her and Matt Bomer. As far as a it, parental chemistry, I believe that. I believe they were related, and you really could believe she 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 really was a mother, and she, she went and gave up twenty years of her life to live, work at that hotel and live there mm -hmm. for her son. She just lived for her son. Yeah, and then finally, when he, when it was time for him to go, she was able to let him go. She didn't want him to be stuck in that hotel forever, so she helped pull him out. Yeah, what's next? Big Lady theme, Gaga. addiction. Yes. Let's talk about addiction. Addiction of all kinds was throughout there. Anything y'all want to add that we may not have brought Sex, up? blood, drugs. Addiction to, to murder. Yeah, murder. Even murder, yeah. Uh, Which we'll be talking more about that in a second. Yeah, but we'll, we'll get into addictions here. But what else? This overall encompassing theme of addiction, how did y'all feel about it? People addicted to other people. Cause, yeah. Because yeah. the colonist is addicted to Rudolph Valentino. That she she keeps on wanting to remake him through these other guys, and well, uh, well, um, Donovan starts off being addicted to drugs, as uh, Sally is also. She, her, her ghost is still addicted to drugs. So are y'all basically saying at the end of the day to really sum it up, is really the big theme underneath all this? Are you addicted to love? Depending on where you think you can get that love from, is that the real issue? We're all addicted Seems to something love. like that because. Iris is the love for her son is almost like an addictive thing. But that's everything throughout the thing, and that's why the thing we try to feed it with drugs and, and sex. Donovan and alcohol. Is, is, is addicted to the countless as far yeah. as love okay. goes, and uh, James Patrick March is addicted to murder and mayhem. Uh, Hazel's addicted to March and cleaning, and then you know you have the ones that are addicted to sex. So you bring up something interesting about James Patrick March with that now that we want to talk about. And we want to specifically focus it kind of around Devil's Night and the Serial Killers. However, overall, James Patrick March was a collector of people. He was addicted to collecting people, bringing people mm -hmm. in. Um, and 
the thing is, you brings up the Devil's Night serial killers, mm-hmm. and the thing is, is there that is some that was an interesting way because they brought up serial killers before in previous seasons, but there was something about the way the serial killers were brought as in the factor, especially with the Devil's Night, as agents of the devil, and and was James Patrick March an agent of the devil? That's sort of what was kind of brought up, mm-hmm. and was he overseeing to create these his own hell? His own hell, but his own hell and the thing, but then all these little baby serial killers. Yeah. Like, that's how he treated them. Like, they were all his little children, and he had to guide them. And they had to come, you know. And they, they used the same theme as Murder House, they, where they can, the, the ghost could go anywhere they wanted on on October 30th. And, and, and he'll always provide for you. Remember, like, he's like, I'm, I'll always make sure you have, because, like, even Jeffrey Dahmer, he was making sure he had what he wanted, because, mm-hmm. you know, when they all had the salads, and he was like, you know, I don't need <laughs> 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 And he offers the, like, so it's it's this idea he feels like he, for his favorites, he wants to provide, including Lady Gaga was someone he collected as a wife, right. and he always wanted to provide the best for her. But does he really ever fully listen to those people he's trying to provide for. No, he doesn't because he's too he's too narcissistic. Mm-hmm. He's extremely narcissistic. And the person that truly loved him, he snubbed. Yeah, yeah. That's the... Hazel, yeah. Mrs. Evers. Yeah, Hazel. She was, well, and I, I, I don't know if, if you would say she was in love with him. I think she felt just very motherly towards him because she. Oh no, she him. was in love with him. Yeah, but she I, lost I her own son and everything. You know. Yeah, but but that but there was also this. But it's funny because once he rejected her, she says, "Now I feel free." Yep, exactly. And so her, she felt like she could move on with whatever. Because she knew there was no chance of him and her being in. And so then she just became the mother of sheets. Got to clean all the stains out of sheets. That yeah, was she, her she was addicted. That was her purpose. She was addicted to cleaning. There's another addiction. We just find How did she die? Did she, he shoot her or did she shoot herself? No, he killed her. He was. Uh, she was his. They made that little choice thing. Police coming. That's what I'm saying. Decided, yeah, and, and and then he killed himself, didn't he? Yes. So anything else y'all need to want to say about the Devil's Night serial killer things? Oh, oh, I do have one thing. I'm sorry. Before I, t- I'll let y'all say. Is there was the note they did kind of make the note of whatever, which we'll get into next week with Richard Ramirez claiming that he stayed there. Well, he in reality, if you know the real story, he stayed at the Ho- Cecil Hotel. Yeah. yeah. So we'll actually be getting into that next week. But they did kind of make that little nod on the Devil's Night episode. What do you think, y'all want to say else about the Devil's Night before we move on to another one of the other themes? No, okay. that's it. Okay. The next thing I want to talk about is disease was thrown out there. So whether we're talking about the measles, the virus that causes the vampirism, Alzheimer's, alcohol, all kind of things, mental illness, everything was brought in there. Every form of illness and disease is brought in there. Well, that's just like, a, it, it coincides with whatever's evil and negative because disease is something that we're really repulsed by. It kills us. It makes us feel bad. And... That might be the theme that the, the, the whole hotel itself was one big disease. And Liz Taylor, it was the cancer. Mm-hmm. Liz Taylor, well, I mean, you know, was the, the prostate cancer. and. Um, so, yeah, there's loads of illness and disease in there, like more than any other season. Well, and and drug addiction and alcoholism and... Um, sex. Sex, yeah. They probably had some 
social diseases there in that too, you know. You know, I think in the apocalypse, one of the four horsemen is like plague. You know, it kind of seems that that covered those people's lives, you know. But it's, you know, in pain, you know, that's where people are trying to escape. But I don't, I mean, I don't know. It just seems like the whole thing about drug addiction especially and the, the addiction of being with someone, you know. And that ultimately was the big thing addiction really is a disease it is a disease of course. and that's yeah. and that's where i think if we go back and look at 2015 that was very powerful for him to do that because i'll still say at the earlier part of that decade of the 2010s people still were not viewing addiction as an as illness dis- now we talk about it truly as an illness and a disease so there's been transformation in that respect over this last mm-hmm. decade definitely that's one of that's one of the woke things I'm happy for. The one of the things we always talk about. Some things are are too woke. That's one thing I'm glad that did happen in all of that is that people now respect the fact that addiction is a disease. Yeah, in whatever yeah. form it is. And you know, it's it's funny. This is um this is right on the brink of the COVID. Yeah, it's just a few years before. Right. Exactly. So, two little thi- I brought this up to y'all. Two things that we noticed that characters were either simultaneously running along or running along that were going on there was there was a sex drugs and rock and roll which really comes from that yeah. idea of mm-hmm. and there was also this art fashion and beauty thing yeah which um which really got kind of summarized that they also they did the song of was fashion by um yeah why is my brain dead right my son david bowie yeah fashion. yeah that was that that was in so so but you saw there was kind of these two Two sort of can and they would they would they would interweave, but it seemed like certain characters were more on the art, fashion, beauty route, like Liz Taylor, and uh, things. And then you'd have sex, drugs, and rock and roll, which was Sally. ultimately summed up by yeah. hypodermic Sally. But they found ways for those two ideas to blend at times too, and that really blended in the idea and had a height at the fashion show. Yeah, is where you saw both things come together. Yeah. And your character, like a character that's perfect, Tristan would be your character of that combined. And like I, re- I loved it when they had the fashion when he he picked up his fashion shows that he was a hermit, the um, the one marries the countess. Oh, Will Drake. Will Drake, and all the ghosts were the were the models, including Mr. Yeah. Wu. They let him wear clothes for one. <laughs> oh, one thing I forgot to mention in the costume and fashion that choices they were made. I heard this on a. Uh, was watching one of the on one of the behind the scenes things is all of her fashion choices were to go with the lover she was with at the time Mm -hmm. and the reason i'm thinking about this is because when she was with tristan she had the most rock and roll outfits whereas when she was say with will drake it had to be like this very glamorous Mm -hmm. money thing she was with this wealthy man when she was with james patrick march it took this more Old styles, like you would see. Same she with Valentino. Right. She was looking more. Um, yeah, it was depending more twenties. Yeah, and so and then when she was with um, when she was Donovan. with Ramona, it had this really like badass, badass yeah. woman. And she even had the big blonde mm-hmm. hair, like Ramona's dark hair. Yeah, so so you really do see that that was some interesting. They really pushed that theme through her character and who she was with. Uh, another thing, let's talk about religion and the Ten Commandments. Yes. Big. 
And how, how do you feel about how that was done? I actually, I actually thought that that was probably one of the most intriguing. Some parts I was like, "Ooh, this, this, this is taking some." I don't stand. know. I didn't really get it. You didn't get it? No. James Patrick March was trying to say, "Oh yeah, I knew that, that he was that he was greater it. than God, and he was going to to destroy the morality." Of the Ten Commandments. Yeah, and he got the cop to... Well, yeah, to pick up where he left off. To pick up where he left off. But I didn't get... Okay, I guess I get the way you're talking about it now. But it was kind of like... Why even deal with religion in it, you know? It seemed almost thrown in there at the end. Well, not really. Think about it. People get addicted to religion. They do, they do. And it's opiate for the masses, right? Crazy, yes. So it's this way of him saying, you know, I'm going to destroy your, 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 your fake morality, so to speak. Yeah. And turn it on. Thumbing his nose at the God, you know. Which, in a way, is not just James Patrick March, but yeah. in a way, it is uh, Ryan Murphy doing this. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm saying he walked some lines there. I'm sure some people didn't like it. I actually enjoyed it because I thought this is controversial. I like controversy when it's presented in a very artistic way. So, how did y'all feel about it being kind of controversial? I didn't really, you know, I didn't really see it as that controversial. Yeah. yeah. Well, probably most controversial. It's definitely not for all, um, all, all audiences. I mean, somebody that goes to Jimmy Swaggart's church isn't going to even watch this. <laughs> now, the only yeah. confusion I had, which I understood his choice, but I'm wondering if it's going to open up for something for another season, was there were the only weird things in all the Ten Commandment killings to me. The only strange one was when they were talking, was the one about the graven images and the factor that he would use Santa Simonmerte. In her temple, as the as for that killing, why make? But what was also, but one thing I did notice about that is, is when John Lowe says something. There's a line he says, and they say, "Who are you?" He said, "I am death." And Santa Simonmerte is is a deity of death. Right. I mean, that's the I mean, yeah. and that's that's who people worship on the Day of the Dead. That's like mm. I mean, she's the holy death. So it was that was a little. I don't know how y'all felt about that scene. That was that was that's one that I'm still trying to. Well, there's a few things that I don't get. I'd like to know what happens to, like you said, like what happens to the doctor Alex and the kids, and I'd like to know what happened to to like James Patrick March. Does he ever get what's coming to him in a future season? Or like, maybe I guess not. I guess the hotel would have to burn. Well, down. no, but we see him interact. That he's also lonely because look, in your later season, you see whenever Cordelia goes to show up, he finally found someone he could play cards with him and just sit down and have a good time, which was Queenie. And right. then Queenie gets taken away from him. He finally found somebody who calmed his fucking nerves enough to see that he actually enjoyed hanging out with Queenie and just playing cards and talking. They got to kill off Ramona in a future season. <laughs> They have to. <laughs> they have to put it in the sun and let it turn to dust. Well, another thing with the religion we bring up is another that I really though thought was a really good scene was them with the actual church, the other church, the actual like uh, evangelical church with the televangelists. Mm-hmm. Like, that really put that idea. That was the bare false because witness. people have gotten <clears throat> so. Oh, no. I'm the Lord God. Don't have uh, false. God American God. Christianity, and since this is American Horror Story, has gotten really on this prosperity gospel. Bullshit. 
Yeah, and you know, and tied it in. They break in the very first commandment when they when they worship a president that doesn't even follow their values. Well, that's 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 a later season and called, but 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 um, but how did y'all feel about that with the televangelist? I think that was a great handling on the storyline for that. Yeah, and the greed and all. And and, 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 and we mean, it's just like you know, they got to make money. I think everybody's getting tired. (laughs) I really think that this is a long episode. You can't say that kind of stuff. I mean, it's like these people just think money, you know, and it's like. There's no spirituality going on in any of that television shit. Well, the final theme thing we want, the final thing we want to talk about in hotel, because it's very important, just as like it is in murder house, very important. The structure, the house, and the whole art art direction that the hotel was built to be a portal of death and killing and all of this, and it presents the idea of the haunted hotel and hauntings. Since you are our resident paranormal, <laughs> I, I do psychic stuff, but I really want to hear what your perspective was as a paranormal like investigator. A, well, of you the know, it's like a, you know, the body count was so high. <laughs> you know, it's like what was the figure? I've heard something uh, like 135. Uh, somebody uh, came up. You know, they say that when people die a violent death, that that will the spirit will bind itself to the earth. And in in paranormal investigation, there are other th- other uh, reasons why. But they say there are three main reasons why spirits will stay. One, they're afraid to go into light because mm-hmm. they're afraid of judgment. Two, they want to stay with their friends. And three, they don't they don't know they're dead. And I think that for most of these spirits, they're they're in their own hell. They're already in hell, and they're living it over and over again. It's kind of like um, we've experienced spirits before that are living the same their death over. Because Darren Chris's character just couldn't find the goddamn fucking kale. Yeah, maybe that's why they went to kill Versace. They so it's, the kale. so it's like that, you know, I believe. And I believe that just it's right. The more body count, the more you know. It's like the Lollary Mansion. They say you know more more death, more spirits. And what about if a structure is made for killing? Like that was the idea. What? How did that make you feel? It seemed like he had like a deal with the devil or something like it. Like I know it was a, a machine, if you will. Well, and he must have because we do see later in Apocalypse. Remember when the devil shows up? He steps aside <laughs> and is like, "Whoa!" So he knew, or the Antichrist. You know, when Cody Fern shows up, it's like he steps aside and is like, "Whoa." Right, you know, he knew right. he was out of his league then. He didn't feel, in watching all of Hotel, he thought he was the cream of the top the, 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 of all killers and everything in Hotel. It was the one time we got to see that vulnerability was in Apocalypse. But, uh, when the uh, Antichrist shows man, up, yeah, Cody Kirk, to take uh, Queenie. I just think that, that that whole thing is, the, you know, the portal of thing, the machine of death, the machine of hell. <laughs> Yeah, and those spirits stayed there just because you know they had nowhere else. I'm with you. I'm with you. Anything else that you, either one of you, want to say on themes before we uh, you get to the uh, Barry gets to the social media? Anything y'all want to add? I am. I'm through. <laughs> I said everything I'm gonna say tonight. <laughs> Anything else from you? Mm, I don't think so. I think I'm burned out. Well, next week we're going to be doing an actual hotel, the one that a lot of this was at, the CISO Hotel. So with that said, Barry, go ahead and give the people our social media. Yeah, our episodes are never usually this long. So <laughs> This one deserved it, though. This yeah, one yeah. All right. Okay, you can follow us on Twitter at A Shutters. Follow us on Instagram at Open Shutters Podcast. Facebook page is the official page for Open Shutters of Creepy Podcast. And uh, we have two email addresses. We have um, 
OpenShutters at Yahoo.com and MovieShutters at AOL.com. Now, MovieShutters, we want you to kind of bring in some ideas for some movies you'd like us to cover or TV shows too. So uh, next week we're going to be hand, we're going to be covering the. Um, what is that? The uh, crime that scene, the vanishing scene? at the Cecil Hotel. It's a documentary on Hotel. Netflix that y'all can go watch. The Cecil Hotel one, yeah, and you can watch that if you want to watch it and then listen to our take on it. And um, and then we're doing what movie this following week? Vacancy. Vacancy. Yeah, I've seen that one too. So anyway, until next time. Enjoy the view from the open shutters. But don't fall out the window. Unless you're Harvey Dermick Sally. Yeah, she fell out the window. Because she already did. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good night, everybody. Y'all have a good one.